Texas talking oh. What was that that you said Texas talking oh. Gonna hoop upside your head Texas talking Tell me who can you trust When Texas guys I'm Politico's Mike Allen, and I'd love to take Evan Smith for barbecue, but since I can't, I'll feast on that trip cast. And now here's our host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you, Mike. This is Emily Ramshaw here with the Tribcast for the second week of May. I'm joined by CEO and Editor-in-Chief Evan Smith. Hello, John Jacob. <laughs> I don't think he was impersonating me. It was a man. Maybe you're John Jacob. Maybe. Do you have uh, a Yahoo email address? Uh, oh, that's to be seen. Executive Editor Ross Ramsey. Jingleheimer Schmidt. And reporter Jim Malowitz. Hey there. If there's anybody in the office who's kind of a Jingleheimer Schmidt, <laughs> it's Malowitz. <laughs> Thomas. I don't know what that means. <laughs> John Jacob Jingleheimer Don't assume Schmidt. it's a compliment. His name is my name, too. We'll fill you in. We had this incident last night where someone is calling legislators impersonating a Texas Tribune reporter. And his, With a Yahoo address. And his as name if, is John Jacob, as if we would have a Yahoo email address. I mean, as, that is so 2007. Also, as if anybody would want to be a Texas Tribune reporter. Like, somehow that's like saying I'm Superman or something. That's ridiculous. Well, it started all the, the jokes about John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt and about pretending to be a Tribune reporter, all the predictable. Um, it was a festival on Twitter last night. It was a total. Well, so get us up to speed since we're talking about this on this American Phoenix big business, which we are sort of linking these two. We don't know for a fact that the same people who right. are video but recording folks. we don't, don't know. No, but we, don't. we just know there's two weird things going <laughs> right. on at the same time that may or may not be related. And, you know, what the okay. heck. So the first thing is this American Phoenix Project, which is a group of people with mostly conservative ties who are who say they're actually looking at everybody in the House, everybody in the Senate, Republican and Democrat, trying to find what Jim Malowitz would call untoward behavior, and <laughs> um, and filming it secretly, which is allowed and legal uh, if you have a lapel, you know, camera or whatever, and it's got the Capitol sort of buzzing like a high school, and so that's thing one. Thing two is somebody is calling um, legislative offices, identifying themselves or identifying himself, I should say, as John Jacob, a reporter for the Texas Tribune. Well, we who, only know of one office, correct? Well, who wants to do um, calls, who wants to do a feature story on the behavior of reps at home and in the Their capital. Their personal lives. Uh, so, but he, But why weird. would you leave, if you were leaving a message saying, call me back, I'm a Tribune reporter, why would you leave a non, this person left a non-working non phone number. And a Yahoo address. And a Yahoo address. Which right. Could it's, this just be a joke? It's like a Simpsons episode. Oh, right. it's hilarious. I guess yeah. it could be a joke. Hilarious. I mean, you know, the, you know, they called and said, hey, is this one of your reporters? And I said, uh, not that I know of. And then he <laughs> called me to make sure. <laughs> called, called Emily and said, hey, Have we you don't hired know. anyone named John Jacob lately? Because it's entirely possible that Emily, <laughs> who is often on a hiring spree, <laughs> who's, who's, who's untethered. That, who was that one intern I can't remember the name of? <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, they, these folks also say that they have turned over these, you know, 800 hours of footage to the conservative news site Breitbart, Texas. Right. Um, and Breitbart has confirmed that they have it in hand and, you know, that their lawyers are looking at it. But, and, you know, and they promise not to use it for three weeks. Yeah, which, they promise not to use it till the end of the session, which let's seems not disrupt the relative <laughs> harmony of the last three weeks of a session, which seems right. to me a little like blackmail to the members of the legislature basically saying, hmm, you know, you vote the Vote the way you ought to vote, you it's, conservative members of the legislature, or else. It's an odd way to behave if you're a journalist or pretending to be one. Well, right. so so this is, of course, you alluded to the people on the receiving end of this secret taping. You know, we don't know who was taped. 
and well, we know uh, we some know people that it who was, say they were taped. Well, we don't know who was taped overall. You know, it's apparently horn dogs, right? It's apparently people who are getting it on <laughs> outside of the bounds of their marital relationship. Oh wow, you really are. And seven. now semantics with Evan Smith. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> isn't that it? I mean, what are we talking about here? You know, uh, what some, are we talking about? You know, yeah. Somebody didn't <laughs> yes, leave an adequate tip at how do you roll. That's not really good video. We're talking about, you know, there's people who are alleged to have done things. Did you? Did you? Did you? Yeah, it's kind but, of that. But, so, so, but one of the little takeaways of, of the news of this week that has the Capitol uh, buzzing to Ross's point uh, was the revelation that the, spe- the lieutenant governor's chief of staff, Logan Spence, had been notified by the DPS. Right. That this taping had been going on, but that Mr. Spence did not alert members of the Senate to this fact because he understood, he said, that, that no, no senators, senators had targeted. been taped. A, a, a fact that has yet to be proven and, in fact, will only be proven when the, in the fullness of time. Somewhere in right. the 800 hours or in whatever happens afterward. Uh, some of the senators were sort of, you know, uh, making noises about, you know, we wish he had let us know. Um, so that if somebody with a fake baby with a camera <laughs> embedded that, in the its baby was fake real. yeah so one head, of the one oh, of the, the baby people was real. I thought the, that the, I thought that they had the baby was a fake baby okay. there was a line like that, that but it proved to be a real baby there was so a this real is, baby Joe and a Basil real baby Bjorn, the but there was with, a fake camera right. or a real camera I don't even know Joe Basil is one of the people involved with American Phoenix and his wife were at the Capitol with a baby and the thing going around on Twitter was it's a fake baby it has a camera hidden in its cap. It's a real baby with a camera hidden in its cap. <laughs> right. No, it's just a baby. I, you know, it's hard to, <laughs> right. hard is it to tell. Is it baby or is it like it is. in Goodfellas when the nanny takes the baby <laughs> to Goodfellas smuggle drugs? Goodfellas came up on Twitter. That's it's hilarious. Joe, well, I wondered about that. It's uh, Basil's baby with the woman The who, baby Basil. Yes, the, with the woman who pretended to be the prostitute in the um, acorn video. Right, the James O'Keefe acorn video. I swear to God, this has to all be Hannah true because Giles. you could not make this up as fiction right. and have it be believable. Hannah Giles right. Basil or Hannah Giles Basil. Hannah no. Giles Basil, whose like grandfather also happened to be honored on the House floor coincidentally yesterday. Yeah. It's complicated. It, it's totally com- and, and it's, what it makes gives... it even more complicated is that we're not really sure that any of these people are who they say they are. I mean, or, the, or that they've done anything or wrong. Or that they've done anything at all. <laughs> I mean, well, that's, that's yeah, that's actually a point too. Like we're writing these sort of circular stories about who these people are, except we don't know who. They they are, we, they are, we have no proof of what they've done. You know, it's my like favorite part journalism is, at its worst. My favorite part is people on Twitter who are taking pictures of random, vaguely skeevy-looking people in the Capitol and saying, look, it's a secret taper. And then they put up their picture on Twitter, and it's like, oh, no, yeah, I believe that. That, yeah. that, that person looks skeevy right. enough to be doing this. Yeah. Oh, no, so that's if, just a lobbyist. But I'm not if you're, if you're white, male, 25, and, and yeah, that's it's just kind of skeevy-looking, stay out of the right. Texas Capitol. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Well, we will continue to be entertained by this, just as we are entertained by uh, the other thing that was blowing up on Twitter overnight, which was the city of Austin's phenomenal, and I say that with great sarcasm, decision to basically have a PowerPoint presentation. You're you're talking too long already. Do you have any questions? Don't talk talk this long, please. God. Would would one of you please fill us in? Because I have a few questions about it. Here's my question. Are you driving Mark Ott to the state line, or is Terry Langford driving Mark Ott to the state line? Gosh. Some angry woman is. Would so anyone like to? Deal? Yes, yeah. would anyone? I started to explain the deal, but then got cut off you by these three it. men. Don't woman explain the situation. <laughs> I'm going to show you some us. numbers. <laughs> right, please don't confuse me. So basically, the city manager in Austin decided that since there's this influx of women on the council, he needed to explain to members of city staff how best to work with it's women. So he he brought ever. in some consultant. Deal with women. Some male consultant. It's like who a Ricky apparently, Gervais. Let's. Skit. I wonder. 
yeah, how many times this guy has been divorced. But uh, this guy basically gave explanations like, oh, you might need to go over the numbers a few times because women struggle with right. numbers. And also they ask a lot of questions. And, oh, if Hillary Clinton gets elected, watch out, because then even more women are going to be in state government. It really sounds like a scene from Anchorman, like, ladies can do stuff now. <laughs> exactly right. Excuse me while I pay the power flute. Yes. So uh, Yeah, let, let's just say that this person who did the the – little class on how to talk to women he's probably not captured in the secret taping doing it with anybody right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Let, let's just say exactly women so. are passing this guy by probably anyway so many women including evan's wife are on the Pissed. rampage oh my yeah. god yeah and if you know if we can't figure this out in austin like we are really just screwed as a but, gender but, you want, but this is like the 10-year decision of all this, this decisions. looked stupid even to a guy even to a man <laughs> But, but honestly, it's like, what what is anybody – now, maybe there's an aspect of the story. Look, m- maybe we, we're not being told the whole story. But if the story is even remotely like what's been reported – It was reported by a woman. Let's give woman, Lily, so. Rockwell, Lily <laughs> yeah. Rockwell of the American Statesman credit for this story. If the story is even remotely like what they've reported, what in the hell are people thinking? <laughs> I don't know. It's just awful. It's beyond me. And, right. and, and there's been no defense of it to the not to the best of our knowledge. Not yet. But yeah, step just, right up. Yeah. Here's the microphone. <laughs> yeah, right. Which of you men wants to defend this? IQ test available here. <laughs> All right, exactly. All right, well, let's talk about something uh, slightly less controversial, taxes. Right. Uh, we just had Dennis Bonin uh, in the uh, – um, over, over at the Austin Club. I wanted to call it Trib Live, but we don't call it that anymore. A TT event. Uh, and he was there to talk largely about taxes. Evan, fill us in on what you learned this morning. I learned that he likes the sales tax cut, doesn't like the property tax cut. The um, Senate's is the property tax cut. The House is, is the, the property tax cut. cut. The sales and he tax also cut explained is, to you why it's not a property tax cut. It, he, every, he corrected me every time I tried to refer to it as a property tax cut. It's a homestead exemption increase. It's not really a property tax cut. That's one problem. He also said, I like Dan Patrick. Hmm. That's some interesting math there. Without I'm a woman, so I'm not sure I understand. About that. It's like that old Ring Lardner line, shut up, he explained. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like Dan Patrick. Right. He, he lied. Right. right, yeah. Um, uh, you know, he. Uh, somebody said after the event that there was an invisible clicker over my head the entire time measuring the number of oblique references to Dan Patrick that Dennis Bond had made, and it pretty much, you know, it went crazy at the middle middle point of the interview. I heard he you just, said Ann Attrick. Well, he's, he, I said, who, who's misrepresenting the tax cut? And he said, oh, I'm not going to name names. And so I said, does it rhyme with Ann Attrick? He said it rhymes with a lot of things. Rhymes with a lot of things. But, of course, he's not a big – it's clear to me that whether or not he likes Dan Patrick, um, he's not an enormous fan of Dan Patrick's – uh, a view of the of, of the world as it relates to, to taxes and to property taxes specifically. Uh, and the idea that somehow they're going to get from this point to June 1st uh, compromising. They'll get there. I mean, he says they're going to get there, but goodness, yeah, it's going to be I a mean, bumpy somebody road. Somebody asked about the special session, and Bonin said basically he could not, he didn't see a way where they'd have to go to the he, public. He and said he couldn't see a good should, reason yeah. for the, them to have a special session. Right. They're clearly at the point of the negotiations. You know, these things run hot. Everybody's screaming at each other to cool. Everybody sort of talking quietly. And, you know, Dennis Bonin was using his very white voice this morning. He was very kind of mellow and quiet. Could you please, and li- sh- I want to hear that voice. like this the whole time. He's talking like Jay Root. I'm going to um, cut your sales tax, baby. And he, I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> right. it, you know, we've seen Bonin um, run hot on this thing and say, you know, I think it's a stupid idea to do this and a good idea to do that. And it was all very measured and very careful this morning. And it looks like they're at that part of the negotiation where the House and the Senate 
really have to settle this issue in order to solve, in order to finish writing the budget, in order to get out of here on time. And I think a couple of things got to happen here. The Senate and the lieutenant governor have to get on the same page. I'm not convinced that they are. You think the Senate and lieutenant governor differ on the property tax? I would love to listen in on a Senate, you know, committee of the whole or caucus, Republican caucus meeting with the lieutenant governor on this. I think they might be willing to take um, one of the ideas that's on the table, whether it's get rid of the property tax and the sales tax cut and increase the franchise tax cut so that they cut 45 or 50 percent of the franchise tax. You know, there are a couple of things on the table. The other thing everybody's sort of waiting for uh, in the legislature is some kind of cue from the governor. Greg Abbott said during uh, the early part of the session that he would veto a budget that didn't include the business franchise tax cut. That's easy. That was the easiest veto threat in history. The legislature's on board. Done. Yeah. There's not mm-hmm. no matter what else they don't agree on. There's some particulars in there that they got to work out, but they'll they're get, minor. They'll get there. the other thing that he said in his campaign and in his state of the state message was that he wanted a property tax cut, but he hasn't really laid down the law on that. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, I'm really, really for the business franchise thing. That's where I'm going to do the that's where I'm going to exercise my veto threat. I'm not going to say anything really about the property tax cut, although I like property tax cuts, or the sales tax cut, although I like sales tax cut. It's you know, if he lands one place or another, that'll be a cue to everybody. Time to go. Time to time to seal this deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, where do you think at the end of the day that we're going to end up? What's your best guess for where we're going to be? Because if people have made these promises, I mean, and if Patrick and Abbott have said in one way, shape, or form the words property taxes. I, I don't know where they'll finally land, but you know the way to save face is for, you know, if you get a property tax and not a sales tax, the House loses. If the if it's the flip, the Senate loses. And you got to have a face saver here. And one of the advantages, you know, there's some disadvantages to it, but one of the advantages to just settling on the franchise tax and letting the other two go for now is that you get a little bit of a face saver. There are also some things in the works both on sales taxes and property taxes that you can point to and say, you know, this will be some kind of relief. For example, Paul Bettencourt, who replaced Dan Patrick in the Senate, has a piece of legislation that I th- I'm i not sure where it is in the House. I think it's moved out of committee now uh, that would require 60 percent votes from city councils, county commissioners' courts, and school boards before uh, you could increase property taxes. So they could claim that as, you know, part of a property tax package. There's a rollback bill that would say any property tax increase over 6% should go to a public vote. Right now, there's an 8% rollback only on school district votes. This would apply to counties and to cities and to special districts. There's some other stuff there. Um, I don't know that they will land. I mean, it's going to be a measure of this new leadership set and of this legislature if they can get out of here by June 1st or not. Let's hope so. Um, Well, let's talk about something that there have been a a bunch of fights over this session, and that is local control. Who deserves it, who it falls to, whether it's the state or the city or the feds. Um, Jim, what types of changes have we seen that cities have been particularly fussy about this session? Well, the biggest one, and and, and we've seen them on a lot of topics. We've seen them on uh, um, oil and gas drilling, the one that I've been most plugged into, but also debates about sanctuary cities, that kind of thing. And what we'll get to in in a a little bit, a little bit outside the session, is about nutrition. Um, but on, on the oil and gas um, drilling side, you know, I maybe naively thought there was going to be this big showdown. You know, I'm new to the legislature. Um, the showdown between local control and oil and gas rights, you know, following uh, the city of Denton's ban on hydraulic fracturing. I thought this would be a huge debate, but it hasn't really turned out to be much of a debate at all. Um, legislation that would not only limit 
frack bans um, from cities, but also scale back um, local control on a variety of uh, drilling issues, you know, just kind of sailed through both chambers. It's expected to be um, signed by the governor. And there's even other legislation that passed the House um, late last week that would say that cities can't put any measure on their ballots that restricts private property in any way. So kind of outside of oil and gas drilling, you can imagine like, you know, big votes on landfills or reservoirs or even potentially, you know, votes on, you know, whether to put a, an arena somewhere um, could be jeopardized by that. And so it really seems like, um, you know, local control hasn't stood, ha- had much of a chance in the legis- legislature at all so far. Well, the first of those gas bills was sort of a negotiated thing by Drew Darby and some others. The second one actually looks like the first attack on local control back at the beginning of the session, right? It kind of does. And, and it was a quiet one, too. Like the all the attention was on uh, Drew Darby's HB40, which there, there were negotiations between uh, Texoga um, and the Texas uh, Municipal League. Um, a lot of cities weren't happy with what the Municipal League uh, settled with. Um, but there was all the attention on that. And then then you're right. Um, the other bill, it's a, it's a Jim Keffer bill um, that uh, you know it, it just passed with a voice vote um, in the chamber on, on uh, Friday. Um, that kind of was under the radar. And, and, and yeah, it was kind of one of those similar similar bills where where the legislature saying this is a direct um, response to Denton. Um, You know, you put this thing on the ballot that we didn't like, and so you should never be able to do that again. Meanwhile, Mr. Local Control, our Agriculture Commissioner, Sid Miller, uh, is over... Hey, Cupcake. uh, Hey, Cupcake. This actually, remarkably, this has to do with delicious foods, but not cupcakes. Uh, Sid Miller really feels strongly, it's on his top to-do list, that certain types of foods should be allowed back into Texas public schools, including uh, deep fryers and soda machines. Deep fried food is what you're referring to when you talk about delicious food? Look, Mr. Vegan, some of us like French fries. You can fries. fry stuff in vegetable oil. It's 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 darn well, tasty. Well, let us be clear. <laughs> at least let, according let to us let, be clear. Is that a joke? At least, <laughs> at least uh, according to the to that to, Midwestern humor. Yeah. Uh, according to Miller, though, um, this is about uh, freedom, not French fries. Um, because well, we're back to freedom fries. Uh, well, 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 there's no. It's really interesting. So so basically, um, he's moving to. Um, Eliminate. Um, I thought you were going to say Oklahoma. All right. <laughs> <laughs> eliminate Oklahoma. Um, well, I mean that that'd probably be a, a next know, move. His next yeah, move. his next move. But now he's he's uh, moving to eliminate um, these uh, regulations against uh, deep fat fryers and and um, also soda machines, that kind of thing, and some time and place regulations on uh, sugary snacks um, in in schools that uh, Susan Combs worked hard on, really, and devoted her her two terms to uh, putting in place. Um, he's he's not saying that, as according to him, that that schools should bring back these things. But he's saying that this is a local control fight, and that they should have the option to bring back the the friars, um, and and so forth. And it's um it's generated a, a fair amount of backlash. I mean, Combs um is pretty outraged about it uh, every time we talk to her. Um, and also um uh, Eva Hershaw, our um our um great fellow. intern, our yeah. fellow. Um, got a hold of the, all the comments that were submitted uh, in response to, to the move, about 200 of them. And the vast majority, I think it's like 135 or so, um, like used phrases like outraged, you know, ridiculous, and, you know, asked why, you know, Texas is one of the fattest states in the nation, and, and why would why would he do this? Well, to that point, I, I interviewed last week uh, Myra Crownover, the chair of the House Public Health Committee, and, and Charles Schwartner, the chair of the Senate Health and Human Services Committee, and we asked about the big issues that the state ought to be concerned about from a health perspective during a lead safe session and not. And 
Chairman Crownover went back to obesity repeatedly, and I made oh. a reference to the idea of cupcakes and deep fryers uh, uh, coming back into the schools by way of the Ag uh, uh, Commission, and at least in the case of Chairman Crownover, there was a, a visible roll of the eyes. I think that there you know, is not necessarily a willingness in the legislature to take on the commissioner or take on the Ag Department on this. On the other hand, uh, I'm not sure that everybody's in the same boat with SID. Well, and I'm not sure, you know, again, he is leaving it up to the school districts so we can see what the school districts decide to do. But despite these comments that were just, you know, like horrified, you know, I don't think that's going to change his stance on this. Do the school districts have a financial incentive yes. to 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 revisit yes. this stuff? Well, yeah. there was a that, that was the thing when they did the junk food regulations under Combs when she was ag commissioner was that the schools were basically bought in and you know they got a they got a percentage every time a kid bought a coke. Well, there's also a major fundraising element of this too because when you can sell sort of sugary snacks, you know, to raise money for the booster club or whatever or the sports team, you know, basically a lot of sort of those kinds of groups in the athletics departments and stuff said, "Look, this is actually hurting our bottom line because we can't sell this stuff." So Right, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, out of the roughly what 60 or so comments that that uh, supported uh, the move by, by Miller's office, you know, some of them only addressed that aspect of it. There were very few that said, yeah, deep fryers, let's, 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 let's get go. Fat. You know? uh, I think there was like there one, was... one mother who said, you know, my, my son my is 260 pounds <laughs> and he can't get full on what they serve in school. <laughs> that, this is an actual comment? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. My son is 6'2", 260 pounds, and he the food is tasteless, and, you know, he can't get enough calories. And so, you know, we need to bring so, back the deep Signed, fryers. coach. But, it, but, but <laughs> it really is an interesting move, you know, because, you know, as a lawmaker, you know, maybe the local control element is, is a little bit more appealing. It makes maybe some more sense. But the the ag um, department, I mean, it, it it part of its mission is, I, th- I think its mission is something along the lines of, um, to feed the hungry and to like promote healthy living or something along those lines, and it, it just seems like that's a curious way to fulfill that. I mean, the fact that cupcakes and deep fryers have been two of the top priorities for our agriculture commissioner this year is really just stunning. Let them eat cake. <laughs> you heard it here first. Ross Ramsey sports deep fried deep fried cake. I do. All right, Ross. Well, because we have no deep fried cake for you here, uh, tell us about Abbott's to-do list in these and these sort of final few weeks of the session. We have less than three weeks left. What's still to do? Uh, what's still outstanding? And and talk about some of the deadlines we have coming up. He got pre-K, um, which was noisy, but he got it. The mm-hmm. House passed it, and the Senate made some squawking noises and then passed it. And so that's what one of five. So one of five. So he listed five issues, and you're going to have to help me with this, or I'm going to do a Rick Perry on it. But um, ethics legislation he uh, listed as one of his five and actually said in his State of the State speech that the legislature ought to dedicate this session to ethics and ought to make that the centerpiece. And there are several ethics bills um, kind of floating around with pieces of everybody's different ideas about what they ought to do to regulate themselves. It's always hard to get them to do this, and it's generally scandal or election-driven. Um, those are going to come up this week in the House. Mm-hmm. All of that's happening in, with a backdrop of the deadlines. And the way the deadlines work in the last three weeks of the session is they gra- the rules gradually form a bottleneck for legislation. The first bottleneck was on Tuesday of this week, which was the last day that House committees could consider House bills and House joint resolutions and put them on the calendar for 
in time for Thursday of this week, which is the last day that the full House can consider those. After that, it's just Senate bills. And it basically means all the House bills that didn't get on some way or another will be scurrying around looking for Senate bills that they can attach themselves right, to. they can jump onto. In about 10 days, the same kinds of things, same kinds of um, deadlines hit Senate bills in the House. And that's kind of driving all the discussions. So when you see the senators sitting on a House bill right now, they're waiting to see if the House committees are going to move their Senate bills and all of that kind of stuff. So this is a bit of a game of chicken or exchanging the hostages for the money on the bridge. Or right. Something like this that. is the really fun time. This, this, is, is, this is when legislation dies and when, you know. It gets revived. Well, in fact, to come back, <laughs> to, Bonin, to, come back to Bonin, you know, there was some question that the border security legislation that is at issue between the House and the Senate right. is being held hostage itself to the resolution of some of this tax stuff. That is at least a, a, right. a thought. Right. Right. And that, so, is that that's on Abbott's list? That's on that's on the list. Border security is on the list. Um, higher education is on the list. I think mm-hmm. that's you know that was a vague enough request from the governor and a vague enough you know promise that I think they can probably claim a win on that. And I think that's four, and I've left one out somewhere. Um, oh boy, oh energy boy. department. See? Yeah, energy yeah. department. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. You know, it's kind of a mixed bag, and, and I guess the question is going to be on any of these things that the governor said were his priorities. Are oh, any contracting of them... reform? Is that in there somewhere? No. Uh, but, but has that passed yet? Uh, they're they're working on it. Some of that's in the budget. Some of that's in the bill patterns. Um, some of it's you know just kind of in intent for sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a bunch of sunset bills that haven't passed. The the safety net well, bill, the dishes that, and the uh, the dishes bill, which was the right. one that had the abortion amendments right. uh, introduced and then was pulled down by four price, has to come back to the well. House. So the deal with Sunset is every twelve years, a bunch of all the non constitutional agencies in government um, have to be recreated to continue to live, and it's it's a time when you can sort of you know move the furniture around or rent it, you know really really redo an agency. And if you can't get it done, the agency's supposed to die. What actually happens is at the end there's a safety net bill that they write at the last minute, and it says continue these agencies for the next two years because we didn't get to them. All right, I want to do. That's going to be. Do a we have like a minute time. to do the game show speed round with Ross? <clears throat> do it, Evan. Since Go Ross for it. is the fairest of them all, and Ross is the one who's been at this the longest, we're going to take. He just called you old. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I called did. him veteran. I want to go through the the seven significant differences, at least seven, but the seven that I like between the House and the Senate. And I'm going to name them, and I want you to say quickly, in terms of the resolution of those issues, closer to the House or closer to the Senate, or I don't know, on the the issues that are the biggest remaining. I don't know. You ready to go? Okay. Taxes. House House, or Senate? uh, Middle. Middle. So somewhere between the two? So you think that the Bonin proposal to drop the sales and the property tax or the homestead exemption increase and to go entirely with business tax, that's where we're going to go? I'm not sure that that's just a Bonin proposal, but that's where I think we're going to go. So you think middle on that. Okay. Um, uh, Public ed funding, House or Senate? Senate. So we're not going to, ACOC's not going to get his deal. ACOC already said yesterday he's not going to get his deal. Well, but since then, apparently Morgan tweeted that the thing is going to come back out of the committee to House, right? This This here's some slow lightning. Okay. <laughs> it's not the speed round. It's the right. loping round. <laughs> uh, campus carry. House. So no campus carry. Right. Interesting. Hmm. Ross made news. In-state tuition. It's un- not news. In-state tuition for <laughs> undocumented, opinion, in-state tuition for undocumented students. House. 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 No in-state. We're not going to see a change in the law. Right. Right. Transportation funding mechanism. Uh, Nichols vehicle sales tax plan or Pickett's I, I, sales tax? I, I think middle. Those two seem to be working pretty well together. Um, I, and I think they're going to land in the middle. They've been working on a compromise. Border security. Um, middle. Yeah, middle. The Senate plan's too expensive. 
I think so too. School choice. House. If I'm Joe Strauss and I'm listening to Ross's speed round, I'm thinking, I got off pretty easy here. It's pretty good. I'm going to win a lot of these fights. Hang it on me. Thanks. Yeah, right. <laughs> good idea. Um, well, one thing you didn't ask or didn't add to that list that I want to ask Jim about is, is gay marriage uh, legislation. Obviously, there was one. The Senate passed the so-called Pastor Protection Act on D- Monday. Named for David Pastor, our <laughs> night editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He needs as much protection as he can get. And then, you know, the, the other gay marriage bill, the one that basically would ban local and state officials from granting or enforcing recognizing marriage licenses that one was supposed to be on the schedule this week but it looks like man day after day the house is not able to take it up yeah i think there was something like 250 bills in front of it at the beginning of yesterday and we didn't get close to it last night i was i was expecting i had some pre-written text and everything um but that should be a really interesting talk especially in light of the response to the legislation um in indiana that has since been at least partially repealed um, that 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 created the big uh, you know uproar in the business community because um, that legislation which which you know as you said it would it would bar state or local officials from being really involved in any way in a same sex marriage and it says that uh, no funds could be used towards that it's it's a really lot harsher than than Indiana's law um, that passed before and and you can imagine that um, you know Texas would be in the spotlight you know probably not for good reasons um, you know if it passes and it would even you know, it also kind of create this potential showdown with the Supreme Court that's conjuring up images of, of you know, Brown versus Board and, and, and things like that, because it's it's basically a preemptive strike against a potential um, ruling that, that gay marriage, you know, should be legalized, you know, across the, the nation. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see to what extent some of those concerns are, are considered. Um, in if the they even yeah. get to it. If they get to it, yeah, yeah. I don't think this issue ripens until the Supreme Court rules. Mm-hmm. You know, this may be a thing in the 2017 legislative session. Yep. All right. Well, if you have questions or comments, email them to tribcast at texastribune.org. Also, check back uh, every Thursday for our new podcast on the 2016 presidential race from a Texas perspective. It's called The Ticket, and it's co-hosted by our own Jay Root and KUT political reporter Ben Philpot. And we'd like to thank Shiny Ribs for doing our music. And on behalf of Evan, Ross, Jim, and our producer, Todd, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. 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 Texas talking.